Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So, absolute pleasure today. We have got another episode of the Powercast, and today we're going to talk about Christmas and 12 practical tips to stay fit over Christmas. And I have a great friend, uh, Brad Rostair, uh, who's just joined on CJ Coaching to help with the back end of systems and keeping me in the straight and narrow. Um, so it will be an interesting conversation to see how we can optimize everyone's festive period and whilst they enjoy it as much as possible. If it, so if you give yourself a brief intro, Brad, of who you are, your background, uh, just for anyone who doesn't know who you are. Cool. Cheers, Charlie. And mate, it's, it's great to be here. Um, and yeah, it's only a festive time of year and it's, all, it's party mode. So hoping that this, this podcast brings everyone a bit of value in the sense of how to kind of survive Christmas yet stay fit at the same time. Um, so my background is, for those who don't know, I am a recent convert to the fitness industry. Um, I've spent the last 20 to 30 years in the corporate space, working with various brands such as Google and Microsoft and Lenovo and Samsung and these guys, um, helping them with all their consumer engagement. Over that period of time as well, I've, had a, I've always had a bit of an interest in fitness, being Australian, I've been quite sporty. Um, and always try to get into shape, but never quite got there. But in the last six months or so, I obviously joined an online training program and got into the best shape of my life just before the age of fifty, um, which I think is a bit of a bit of a um, a good um, marker of life to get to that stage. So, and having done that now, obviously running my own online fitness fitness business as well. Um, so you know, and converted completely from the corporate space into the fitness space at the ripe old age of 50. So it's all good, man. Um, and, and absolutely delighted to be working with you and supporting CJ Fitness. And I just think what you do is amazing. Um, the transformation to your people's lives and the transformation that we will continue to give to people's lives, I think is incredible and such a, such a privilege to be able to do that and such a rewarding place to be. I think um, it's something you, you and me talk about a lot. And like the most amazing thing is being able to work together with like-minded, incredible individuals who are also on the same mission to have a huge amount of impact on thousands of people's lives across, across the world. And that's something that like us working together will, will happen. And I know yep. that like, your main core value in life is the same as me. And that's just adding value to people's lives and helping people on, on mass and on scale. So yeah, totally, totally, man. You know, you know, as I said, being, you know, being not, not a young guy anymore, I've kind of, I think I've, I've taken a lot out of life over the past few years. Um, and I think now it's time to give back. And I think, there are so many people out there who probably don't know that they have that desire to get into shape and or to be fit and they don't, it may, may not be a priority. But trust me, as you get older, you start to realize if you haven't done it soon enough, um, it's never too late to start. But at the same time, you know, it's never too early either. So, you know, big thing, a big tip for people is don't put it off. You know, it's such a, it's such a worthwhile thing to do to look after yourself. And as you say, mate, to be, to be part of this industry where we're impacting millions of people's lives it's just phenomenal. You know, as I said, work for some massive brands, which has all been about marketing and selling products and things, but, you know, and theoretically impacting people's lives, but to do it actually at the grassroots level where you impact someone's life physically, mentally, emotionally, oh, it's just, it's so bloody rewarding and so amazing. And I think the, the big thing as well is the confidence that you can give someone from changing their physique is truly life-changing. I think yep. uh, that's often, it's not, it's not just the physical change, it's the mental change that happens in the process of transformation, which I think you'll probably agree. You've obviously gone through that in the last year and like it changes you as a person for the better. Oh, incredibly. And you're 100% right. The, the mental mindset change is incredible and the emotional, the emotional change. And you're, the, the, what self-confidence brings people is incredible. You know, there's a lot of talk this, in this day and age of positive, positive mindset and positive thinking and stuff. And, we kind of, and I, I kind of look at that now as a bit of a, 
almost like a band-aid or a plaster across problems because people don't actually focus on themselves. And you think at this time of year particularly, you know, it's, it can be a very lonely time of year or it can be a very materialistic time of year where people are buying stuff in the idea of making other people happy or making themselves happy. So you get you know, with new, new cars or new houses, new jobs, new all sorts of stuff, but no one actually thinks about a new self or, or a new life to them, for themselves. What that brings you in getting physically fit, as you say, is way beyond just the physical. Um, it goes much deeper and it's so worthwhile and so effective on making everyone's life just that much, so much better. And particularly, it's not even just yourself, it's the people around you because your outlook on life becomes so much more positive. Yep. Yep. You can, and, and, it, and it rubs off, you know, it, it always says that. Well, you know, so there's some classic lines we all hear, you know, that you're, the, you're the sum of the five people around you and all this kind of thing. And, you know, if you associate with the right people, and as you say, you know, we're both part of a much broader network of folk that are all with a similar mindset and a similar goal of impacting people's lives. Um, and that just, you know, it just, it, the buoyancy that you get out of that is incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and the, just that, yeah, it just elevates you into a whole different sort of fear, a sphere of thinking and, and how you treat life um, in such a great way. It's amazing. And that's the little things that used to irritate you. You just don't do it anymore. Um, you just get on with it. It's really cool. I'm saying, I'm saying. Now back to the topic of the podcast before you mean rattle on about changing the world. <laughs> there we go. Completely uh, philosophical now rather than Christmas. Let's go back to Christmas, yeah? Yeah, yeah. so uh, obviously I love Christmas. You love Christmas. I can see your Christmas yeah. tree sparkling in the background as we do this podcast. <laughs> And yeah. you see my house looks like Santa's Grotto, thanks to Charlotte. True. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're going to go through 12 tips to help you stay fit and stay active this Christmas and to not go completely off the rails. Um, so the first one we're going to go through is uh, eat before heading out. And I think by that, what we mean is in terms of don't starve yourself all day and then gorge in the evening. And like that for me is why... I'm not a fan, for example, of intermittent fasting generally because it tends to lead to a family of feast mentality in terms of people's uh, relationship with food. And yep. from a digestive point of view, it causes an absolute shitstorm, literally. And uh, hormonally and metabolically, it's not, not an ideal situation. Yep. Um, have you ever had much like experience with intermittent fasting, Brad, or tried that in the past? Or I've done, of- yeah, I've done it kind of involuntarily as well as voluntarily. Um, but again, to your point, mate, with this first tip about eating before going out partying, I think it's one of my it's one of my favourite ways of doing it as well. Because you know, there's nothing worse than walking to a Christmas party or something, and when you're starving, um, because that's you're right, you'll gorge yourself completely. And that's exactly what I've done when I've intermittently fasted. I tend to binge, um, and you think, and you think it's okay. You think, great, I've not eaten all day. I can get away with it. I can eat whatever I want. And so you do eat whatever you want, and you put all the kind of consideration of macros and stuff out the window. Um, and this time of year, that's even worse because the intake of food around Christmas parties and functions um, and business parties and office parties and all that kind of stuff, the nutrition value is so minimal. Yes, you might be getting, you think to yourself, oh, cool, I've got 3,500 calories up my sleeve. I'll go out and party. But the nutrition factor you get out of that is probably 3,500 calories of sugar and carbohydrate. Yeah. Uh, which is, as you say, just stuffs up your digestive system, sods you, you know, throws out your system completely, throws out your cycle, um, and not the best way of doing it. So, yeah, eating, eating, eating a nice meal before you go out and getting all your food in for, or most of your food in for the day, top tip. I think that's a classic. So something I like, I'm a favor of doing. So say if you want to try and almost like bank calories or carbs or some in some sort of form, what I yeah. would suggest people do is that they eat the same amount of meals they would normally, but just keep them maybe to protein meals only. And exactly. then when you go out in the evening, then you can enjoy yourself. And then you will be like protein naturally is more satiating, satiating, whatever it is. Satiating, yes, that's the one. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, 
that will basically ensure that you're not going out and absolutely raving hungry, but also from a, a physique point of view, will also ensure that you've got constant muscle protein synthesis, which will keep you leaner, yep. keep the, the ability to build and recover uh, muscle tissue. And also when you come to train the next day, your body's not going to be feeble and weak, which is obviously something we want to try and avoid. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So that being said, obviously we've we mentioned in terms of this is a time of year to enjoy, uh, which we're all for. And like the big thing I have with a lot of people this year who kick the can down the road into 2020 is like, oh, I can't start getting in shape in December because of Christmas. It's like in reality, <laughs> Christmas is only like five days. So you've got Christmas Day, Boxing Day, you might, okay, you're going to have Christmas Eve, so that's three, and maybe two work dues, that's five. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you're going to have, what, four or five Saturdays in a month normally anyway. So exactly. like, it's very different than having one meal a week, like going out and doing whatever you want anyway. I yeah. think sometimes people just use this as an excuse to go completely off the rails and go bonkers. And, and massively, and what that ends up doing, they go, you know, that, that comment saying, about, oh, yeah, I'll let it go till over December time and I'll start in January. Well, if you start in January rather than starting in December, you're going to put, you'll be behind where you were at the beginning of December. Yeah. You know, if you, if you do all that stuff, you just said those five days or more with some people that I know very well, you know, it's, it is an excuse to just party and let your hair down. So you've got to put yourself in a, in a, in a further, further behind yourself to start with when you start in January. So you'll spend the first six to eight weeks of that new program, just getting rid of Christmas when you could have started the month before and you'll be ahead of yourself as Christmas comes and goes into the new year. So essentially, you're almost actually two months behind. You're almost equivalent of where you'd be in March, in January. Yeah, exactly. So you've, you've always, it's like, well, hang on a minute. You might just, no, it's only a third of the year before you've gone for next year. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's bonkers. And, people, and, people, and obviously, people don't think like that necessarily because obviously we're, in this, we're in the industry. We understand how it works. You know, the, the average person on the street who, who's thinking about this stuff doesn't think of it in those terms. Um, but I think if you make that really clear and say to guys, you know, look, it's almost like what we do on a weekly basis where people kind of stack, the, kind of bank their week, bank their calories for the week and then go crazy on the weekend and then ruin the entire week's worth of work. This is, this is the same thing on an annual level. You know, you've, you've done a great job all year maybe or you've looked after yourself and you want to get, or you want to get started and you think, oh, hang on a minute, I'll just get, get through December 1st and then crack on. No, you know, that, as you say, you just put yourself behind yourself. You'll start, you'll, you'll start on the back foot essentially. Um, so now's the time to start people. Now's the time. If you haven't already do it, do it. Give yourself a Christmas present. Yeah. Give the gift of fitness for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. To yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one is like, I don't personally like, I can't remember the last time I had alcohol. So obviously drinking at Christmas is a lot big, big thing. Yep. And again, not to be a party pooper again, I like, in my opinion, that's often can lead to a lot of issues where people, get absolutely wasted, eat loads of junk food. The next day they can't train or they end up eating more junk food and then it just revolves on for days on end. Um, would you have any tips, Brad, in terms of how, like in the past or currently, oh, mate. Or like alcohol use or? This, it's, this is a tough one. I, you know, and again, I'll put my hand up and be the first to admit I was a very big drinker. I worked in the booze trade for years, you know, and, and all these Australians. Well, and I'm Australian, exactly right. It's almost as bad as being Irish. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, you know, we live on, we live on booze and living in London, 95% of social events revolve around the pub or boozing or drinking of some form of, you know, it's always like, let's go for a drink. Let's do this. Let's meet at the pub. Let's meet it. Let's come, go around to our place and have some wine. It, it, you know, booze is always there. So it is, it's a really tricky one. And of course that's just, it's like booze on steroids at Christmas. Um, you know, every function has got booze around. So, you know, it's, 
if you're in a position where you are not a big drinker, then you're okay. And then just take it really lightly. Um, if it's something you do on a regular basis, don't increase it just because it's Christmas. Like what we were saying a minute ago when it comes to food, don't use it as an excuse to drink more than you normally do. And again, don't think that if you're banking calories, you know, a glass of wine is, you know, 150 calories. Oh, that's fine. I've got plenty of calories up my sleeve. No, because these are empty calories. Um, and the body has a weird thing that when it, when it deals with alcohol, it knows that it's alcohol and not just any other calorie. So what you'll do, you know, you'll spend the next few days just burning off the calories from that alcohol, which has no nutritious value. It's, a, it's wasted calories. So my suggestion when it comes to drinking, you're going to drink. You know, no one is going, unless you're a complete teetotal and you're very disciplined, Christmas is a time where booze is going to be involved. So stick to low calorie drinking as much as possible. White spirits, low or zero calorie mixes, and just and keep it light. And my my little thing that I do to keep myself thinking that I'm drinking is I'll alternate. So I'll have an alcoholic beverage, then a glass of water. Alcoholic beverage, glass of water. Or even like um, ways a lot of people won't want to be look 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 like they're um, drinking water. You can have like soda water or something like that. You know, my, my go-to drink is vodka and soda. So if I'm having a soda water, no one knows the difference. It looks the same. You don't feel like you're out. You don't feel like you're some sorry loser drinking water all the time. You know, you're feeling part of the group, you know, and no one notices. Um, and I, I did many years ago, I did this. When I went, I went back to Australia at one point, to, when I, in, back from London after being here for 10 years. And I went back to Australia thinking that I was in relatively decent shape. And I was 120 kilos. And when you turn up to Australia at 120 kilos and you see everybody else who was mega fit, and they turn up to Australia at Christmas time in summer when everyone's on the beach. I looked at myself and went, holy shit. And it was all beer. I'd been working the beer trade um, before I went back to Oz. So I thought to myself, okay, I need to fix this. So I stopped drinking for six weeks. I didn't do any exercise. I didn't change my diet. I just stopped drinking and lost 11 kilos in Jeez. six weeks. To give some context, Brad, what do you weigh now? Um, 83 kilos. So that's what, 27 so, kilos lighter? Yeah, 30, 37, 37 kilos, yeah, 30, 37 kilos lighter. Um, 37, 27. No, 37, 37, you're all right. 30, 37, yeah, hang on, oh shit, early morning. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but I even, and for my, for my transformation, I got down to 76. Um, so, and booze plays a massive part of it. And, you, and your body holds the fluid a lot. And, and most of the time, that, that weight loss is actually not weight loss, it's fluid loss. Um, so look, alcohol is, alcohol is one of those things that it's a tricky one. And, and as Charlie said, you know, we don't want to say to people don't drink, uh, unless you're already teetotal. It's, it's really challenging not to, but just be wary of what you're drinking, convert it to, as I said, low calorie stuff, white spirits, avoid beer like the plague and coming from someone who used to work in the beer industry, they're going to hate me for saying that, but you know, it's massively high calories. It's, there's nothing in it. Oh, just avoid it like like the like bonkers if you can. I think the other big side effect of alcohol, like calories aside, is that you lose your inhibitions and you get that fucking mentality. So you end up two drinks turns into four drinks, then you suddenly are eating a donna kebab or whatever, and you just slippery exactly. slope. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. yeah, yeah. And the, the donna kebab thing is a classic one. You know, alcohol makes you hungry. Mm. You know, and, and you'll be sitting there eating salty snacks and things just to keep it going. Um, and you're right, you'll get that, your body will start craving that kind of carb and that kind of sugar content again. So, yeah, your doner kebabs, you know, your KFC, your, your Macca's burgers, all that kind of stuff, just because you've had a few beers. Um, yeah, definitely slippery slope. So, avoid alcohol if you can avoid it. But, you know, let's be realistic about this. It is Christmas time. Enjoy your wines. Yeah, moderation. 
all in moderation. The answer to everything. And I think that being said, like there's a two-way street with um, calories in, calories out, which comes into my next point of like, if you're, say for example, like an easy way to try and offset some of the extra food is just be more active. So for example, if you've got kids, go outside and play with your kids, run around. If you're in somewhere that's fortunate enough, it's snowing around Christmas, yeah. snow with the kids. Like the more you're on your feet doing stuff, the more yeah. kind of burning and that's that's a great way to be more active and particularly if you work in an office job all the time anyway and you've got some extra time off over christmas yep. use that time to be more active and do more yeah. things with your family like exactly. and you know and, and, and living in the city quite often people get out of the city and go and visit family and friends in, in the countryside or out in the out in, um out in the regions things go for walks you've not been out there for a year probably since last christmas things have changed go for a wander have a look around um, don't just sit inside all day. Yes, it's cold. We've all got rugs. Uh, we've all got bloody jackets and hats and things, you know, get rug up and get outside and go for a walk um, and get some fresh air into you. You're 100% right. You know, in, don't just, use, again, don't use Christmas as, as, a, as an excuse to sit around doing nothing. In fact, do the opposite. I think you know, like too many people, they, they reach for the box of Gillian and the, the Christmas films and sit in front of the fire for like two yeah. weeks. And then yeah, they, I, they put on four stone. Oh, I know. And it, it, you know, leftover turkey for the next week or so. It's it's bonkers. You know, just get out, get outside, and go do some stuff. Go and even go go visit go visit somewhere new. You know, give yourself a Christmas treat if you haven't got much family. And I'm this, my family's on the other side of the world. You know, so I don't I don't go spend time with family, but I spend time with friends. And we go walking a lot. It's the thing to do because it's just you go you have your Christmas lunch, you go for a walk. You know, and and, and it works. <laughs> it makes a difference. Hundred percent. Now, obviously, we talked about being active as well, but I think one thing that's very important to, to remember is that people don't skip out on their weight training workouts. So that has a huge impact in you maintaining your body and your physique. Yep. And again, keep your metabolic rate up and have a big impact on like damage limitation in terms of the festive period. So again, what we're talking about in terms of this isn't necessarily about making like huge amounts of progress during Christmas. This is setting you up so that come January, when you go back into a normal routine, you absolutely fly rather than going back into January and you're actually two months behind where you could yeah, if you exactly. just stuck to vaguely what you were doing beforehand. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and this is again where you can kind of, if you're doing work, if you're working up leading up to Christmas, get as much in as possible, because obviously that's going to get you ahead of the game as well as we were saying earlier. But if, you, if, you're, doing, if you're doing work about post-Christmas, then use the excess carbs that you've just eaten as energy and go and burn it off. Can be a great muscle weight building phase. Absolutely. Thank God I'm in bulk at the moment. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, Use that, use it. You know, you've got all this food in your system. Get out there and, and keep your workouts going. And this day and age, there's almost no excuse. There are so many gyms open, even on Christmas Day. Oh, I'm if, if you're really dedicated, you can find out where you can train. If not, just do something at home. There's so many home workouts you can download on the web. Um, you know, you look up YouTube, find out home work. Get the whole family involved. You know, get out there and be active. Do some, you know, lift the kids up. We fit. Yeah, exactly. There's Wii Fit. You know, there's Nintendo's put out this new thing that's a fitness thing as well. You know, there's so many things. There's so many, there's so many things not to be used as an, ex, as an excuse anymore. Um, you know, keep your workouts live because, as you say, keeping the muscle, the protein synthesis going, keep the muscles full, keep them active will just get you, as you say, in the right place for January rather than being behind the eight ball. Yeah, and, and use your food wisely. So, again, like yeah. I'm a big believer in terms of like nutrient timing. So ten yes. to say, for example, a great way to, uh, again, like create realistic goals and for damage limitation would be to, if you know you're going to go out for a big meal for a Christmas event, train beforehand yep. and then have yep. that post-workout meal. And then your body will utilize the extra food really, really well. 
Exactly. And you're probably fine mentally that it spurs you on a bit in the session, knowing like, oh, I'll get a joy, like a yeah. dinner or something afterwards. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. Pretty exactly. well, mince pie if you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, don't even just do that a little bit extra. You know, if, you're, if your workout normally takes you 45 minutes to an hour and there's no cardio involved, whack an extra 15, 20 minutes of cardio in, in what you're at the gym, you may as well do it. Yeah. Uh, no one's at massive time pressure at this time of year. Everything's a bit relaxed. So add a little bit of extra time into your workout just to burn those extra calories so you can enjoy yourself. Um, and then go and eat all the chocolate you want because that's going to help with protein synthesis, oddly, straight after a workout. You know, get some sugar back in your system, get the glycogen stores back up again, and then the protein you get from your turkey, double bonus. You know, so, <laughs> you know there is ways of doing it. You can actually manipulate your Christmas dinner to be beneficial. Yeah, really Have dessert first. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> One thing I'm slightly concerned about at Christmas, well, I'm excited, but it's... Um, Mike, aka built by Fitness, a lot of you guys will know, is, uh, is spending Christmas with me, and we're going to have a Ferrero Rocher eating competition. So, <laughs> apparently, the world record to eat Ferrero Rochers is uh, seven in under a minute, and that includes unwrapping them. So, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I, I imagine it's quite difficult. I don't know. That, I, I, Do you yeah. fancy the challenge, Brad? You can you can film it and send it to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should do a live stream of that one, mate. Like Actually, Christmas that would be quite funny, to be fair. That would be a bonus. It'd be brilliant. I would seven, say seven doesn't seem a lot. I'm sure I could do seven in under a minute. I reckon I could do like, if they were unwrapped in my hand, I reckon I could do four in one go. Do you have to actually complete a whole one and, and swallow it before you start yeah. the next? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you can't just stuff your gob full. That's, that would have been my tactic is how many can I put in my mouth at one time and yeah. then try and swallow so it. As a kid, I've done that with marshmallows to see how many marshmallows you can get in your mouth. Probably choke and die from that. Yeah, yeah nut allergy. <laughs> um, so yeah. back from Ferrero Rocher eating competitions, which is not something I recommend. And if anyone dies, that, listeners, we're not subscribing to this. <laughs> yeah, I accept no liability for anyone who dies from. <laughs> um, but again, it comes back to the point of like the whole point of Christmas is to enjoy yourself. So like this is the time of year. Yeah. Like be sensible, but then don't eat like a dick as well. Just be aware of what you're doing, and then make sure that. Like you enjoy it and you do the important things, which is like spending time with like friends and family. I think yep. that that's the the real like priority and take home message. And I think obviously you referred to the, then about live streaming my phone, and that's something I'm conscious of on Christmas Day is to try and actually not be on my phone uh, yeah. all the, all day. So I'm going to try and uh, omit being on that as much as possible. Um, I think that's like an important time. I think sometimes people need to spend time with the people, loved ones they're with, and. Yep have a little bit of a mental break sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, it's, we're, we're all under a massive amount of stress and, you know, you and I've got a very similar niche client, which are probably all, you know, business people and stuff who, you know, spend 360 days of the year apps under so much pressure and stress, you know, use this time just to chill out and relax. And as you say, spend time with family and friends and quality time, you know, sitting in the same room on your phone is not quality time with family. Sitting on the, sitting in the same room, looking at looking at Instagram or looking at Facebook or looking at LinkedIn or reading articles, whilst you may think it's you know helping you you know learn stuff, it's not quality time with family. So you usually say, yeah, shut them off, turn your phone off. For the, there's a challenge, people. Twenty four hours without your phone. Mm. Christmas Day. I'm gonna try it, except I need Uber. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know. Challenge. I think it's a cool challenge to put out there to people. Turn your phone off for the entire day. Christmas Day, no phones. I would say it's like on Christmas Day, but you won't be able to see someone using phone. <laughs> it'll be that mid, it'll be that massive midnight messaging of Merry Christmas, everyone. And then the phone shuts off for twenty four hours. Airplane mode. Airplane. Yeah. 
Well, I kind of get also I kind of get unlucky because obviously I start celebrating Christmas at about two o'clock in the afternoon in London because that's when Australia goes. Yeah, so I'm getting messages from that point onwards. So yeah, it's it's. But I think that's a cool thing to suggest to people: turn your turn your bloody phones off. We spend so much time on it. Be present. Be present Be with present. the present. Yes, yes. Hey, we. Hey, see what I did there. Boom. <laughs> um, obviously, as curiosity, as digress a little bit. Obviously, for an Australian background, what's different in Australia in terms of Christmas, other than obviously it's much nicer weather. Do you, do you still, guys still do the turkey and all the full yeah, We used, it's the weird. Is, on the barbecue. Yeah, well, a bit of, yeah well, don't, don't joke. It's really strange actually. It's changed a lot. So when I was a kid, and we're talking a long time ago, um, you know, it was still very traditional Christmas. And I come from a sort of English heritage background. So Christmas was still very much so turkey, ham, you know, sit around the dinner table, sit around, so it was lunch, a big lunch. Um, and, you know, and, it was, and it was a bit weird because you're doing that, you're having all this food and things and you're singing jingle bells and, and dashing through the snow and frosty the snowman and it's 35 degrees outside. You know, it didn't, it was, it, even as a kid, it kind of felt weird. But then as, as I got older and I think, you know, times changed a little bit, it's moved very much. So, so an Australian Christmas now, yes, it's very much so centred around the barbecue. Um, a lot of seafood. Um, you know, you go to in Sydney where I grew up. You know, there's a, there's the the fresh the fresh fish markets um, in a place called Piermont that on Christmas Eve you cannot move in the place. There are hundreds upon thousands of people in there buying, you know, fresh lobster, fresh prawns by the by the kilogram like the, by the multiple kilograms of prawns, fish, crab. Um, things called Balmain bugs. Seafood is massive at Christmas, so it's moved from kind of turkey and ham. Balmain bugs, yeah, it's like a, it's 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 a, it's a crustacean like a lobster. It's sort of a cross between a lobster and a crab. Um, sensational, absolutely beautiful meat, and it's so yeah, fo- very much so focused around outdoors barbecues. Seafood is big. Um, the kind of traditional turkey and ham's gone out the window a little bit, or you'll do cold. So you might prep a turkey a week beforehand. Um, and then you'll, you'll serve it cold um, with a salad or something. Because as I said, it, you know, 35 degrees outside, it doesn't make sense to do hot meals anymore. Yeah, turkey uh, gravy is not really the one when you're sitting there in your board shorts. Yeah, it's just weird. And as a kid, and as, and a kid as well, you know, it's daylight savings. It's midsummer, right, in Australia. So as a child, it's still broad daylight and you're told to go to bed to wait for Santa Claus. And it just, it just, it, it, it felt so right. It wasn't until I moved over to this side of the world. I was like, oh, finally, now I understand Christmas. And I love London particularly because I think London is one of those cities on the planet that just looks spectacular at Christmas time. Whereas Australia, it doesn't look right. You've literally got people painting snow on shop windows or, you know, fake snow everywhere in summertime. It just was weird, man. Very strange. It's um, an, an interesting one that like, I, I can't imagine it feels particularly like Christmas, if that makes sense. It, I mean, you're right, it doesn't. And even as a kid, it didn't. It was all very exciting because it was kids and Santa Claus and presents and everything. And you had the tree and you had the presents opening and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of that kind of tradition still going on. But it just, it didn't feel right because you were literally singing those kind of Christmas carols. It was all winter-based. And it just, it just as a, it, you know, it just didn't, <laughs> it didn't feel right. But, it, I mean, but we do it anyway. You know, we, oddly then, of course, we then have Christmas in July. Yeah. So there's, yeah. There's, there's a big, yeah, there's a big kind of movement about midwinter, particularly in the, in the snowfields and things. Well, I'll do Christmas celebrations or Yuletide celebrations um, in the middle of winter just to kind of make it feel right. And it's got—I don't know if they're going to try to shift Christmas. I think that would work somehow, but um, it is very stressful. We kind of get two Christmases. Kind of lucky. 
it's very odd. Very odd. Make, make, makes much more sense over here, mate. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to Dubai on Friday next week, and I, I, can, I can't imagine. I saw my friends who lives out there put up a video of like the Christmas decorations in the mall, but like I, of all the places, it's being Christmassy. I can't imagine 40 degrees in the desert feeling particularly like ho ho ho. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, and it's like, and it's still, and it's weird, and it's still got people dressed up in Santa Claus and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it just, it does with you. It does actually play with your mind a little bit. It kind of. It, it just doesn't feel, it feels incredibly commercial. And, but it's weird because then I spent, when I left Australia to start with, I spent my first Christmas out of the country um, in Canada and the, and the US. Yeah. Um, and it was snowing and it was just, it was Christmas on steroids, you know, compared to what I was used to. Um, and it was just, it was insane. It was like living in a, in a, in a, in a kid's, you know, nursery rhyme. Um, but it felt so much right, more right. But again, which is weird. So you've got to be careful, I guess, because obviously Christmas isn't just about, you know, Christmas carols and Christmas trees and, and giving presents and things. There's other aspects of it, um, which we tend to forget. It becomes very materialistic. Um, but, so, and that, and that, that is universal. So just, the, you know, almost the thanks side of it, and the gratitude side of it, the family and friends, as we said a minute ago, I think that is something that still remains constant. So Christmas Day for me now is, as I said, it starts at like 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve here because I'm talking to people in Australia. I've not had a, a physical family Christmas for about 20 years. So it's a phone call to mum and dad at home, which is now obviously in the, with technology, it'll be doing this. It'll be like a, it'll be a face-to-face kind of video call, you know, and that's it. It's take, it's Christmas is over in 10 minutes. It's, yeah. it, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. It's very, very different to what it used to be. Nice. Um, I, I, something I just weirdly popped into my mind. I thought about before to be fair, like talk about like being grateful things, something I, I'm very envious of Americans is the Thanksgiving celebrations I have. Yeah, that is something that, like, person, I'd probably quite like to do myself. Just yep. if you feel grateful for maybe everything you have in your life and the people you have, and I think yeah. I might force my family to do it next year. <laughs> uh, and just well, yeah. I mean, and speak. I've got a lot of American friends, and they and they often say that actually Thanksgiving is bigger than Christmas. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but I love that idea. I think you you know, there's no point having a secondary holiday, and there's enough of them already in it. You know, it costs a fortune when we do this sort of stuff, but. I think if we can, if there's a way, you know, as you're a young guy who's studying his own family, if you can integrate that into your family lifestyle early on, that Christmas is a time of thanks as well as just, you know, giving and eating. Yeah, um, yeah that'd be awesome. And I think it's a great call. I mean, you know, we often, you know, everyone gets this kind of time of year and you kind of you wrap, up, wrap up the year, you think about, you reflect on about where you've come from, what's happened over the year, whether you've achieved your goals or not, and then you kind of reset and start for next year. Um, I know you and I have got a mutual friend who talks, that talks about this story all the time, but he starts writing down a story in November, you know, and says, what is next year going to look like? So this time next year, what am I going to have achieved? Um, where am I going to be? And that story is massively detailed where he is, what he's, who he's with, what he's achieved over the course of the next 12 months, how it feels and, and all that kind of stuff. And he, he, he sits there and sticks out. I think he just puts that aside for the end and then reads it back and realizes that he's probably achieved more than what he put in that, in that story in the first place. And I think that's a really cool thing to do. And just using that time of year as a, as a time of thanks and reflection, just to remember how far we've all come because we often forget that. And we often, as I said before, it's very stressful and we're living very stressful full lives. We don't take time to be thankful. Um, we don't take time for gratitude in our lives and we need to do that more often. It makes a, and, it, and it gives us back that positive mindset that you and I were talking about right at the beginning that if you even do it on a daily basis, which I do, wake up every morning and I, I'm writing down three things that I'm thankful for, it just sets you up right then and there at the beginning of the day as having a positive day. So wrap, it up, wrap up the year the same way. You know, be thankful for what's happened over the course of the year. No matter what struggles you've had, there's always something to be thankful for. 
And I think, again, it's like I'm very self-critical and I think you probably can probably see that, but that's what drives me. And I often, I'm very impatient as an individual, very like type A driven. So I have to often like, like, this is why you and I get on, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It's why I have to like sit and not sit and reflect, but I sometimes have to think in the grand scheme of things, how far like you've come in a period of time or like look at, where where you where you've come from or where you're going and like you just talked about like writing a story so in terms of for me like it's a bit of a strange thing it's quite cool it's that like it's haunting me on social media now there's two things that I want to do next year one of them is like impact thousands of people and the other one that like I had childhood memories of going skiing to Vail in Colorado so it's like my goal is for next Christmas I want to take my wife there and my brother and his wife there to go skiing and I clicked yep. on their website. And now they keep retargeting with Facebook ads. <laughs> Whenever I go on there, that pops up and instantly like motivations like bang, it's on. So well, it's weird, isn't it? Because you know, we again we talk about this sort of stuff in, in you know in mindset coaching and positive thinking coaching is you, you write down your goals, you stick them up on a wall, something that's visible. That is one of, I mean, it can be annoying where that sort of stuff happens on social media, and you're hundred percent right. Everything can hear you, it's really scary. Um, and the fact that we've now had this conversation, something in my house will now start reminding me about skiing holidays in Vail. It'll just, it'll happen. It just, that's just how technology works. It's a bit creepy, but it does. But why not use it to your advantage? Yeah. You know, and that, that's a cool thing. Now you've got that in your, you know, it's in your face constantly. It will remind you where, where you're trying to get to. But back to your earlier point about reflection, I think, you know, we often get told again, stop looking at the past or stop thinking about the past and don't worry about what's happened. You can't change it. I, I take that with a bit of bullshit and go, actually, I like looking back. Uh, for that exact reason, okay, how far have I come? Because like you, I'm massively impatient. Um, nothing can come fast enough or soon enough. But if you then keep, if you do take a time to reflect back and look at how far you've come, you realise that actually you're probably further ahead than you thought you were. You know, I did a similar thing. I wrote that. I wrote the similar kind of story back in July last year, uh, July this year, when I kind of got onto this new program, and and I, I wrote it for not this Christmas, but for next Christmas. Um, I looked at it just just the other day, and I've already done half of it. Things that I didn't think, things that I didn't think would happen, and oddly, this is this what you and I are doing right now is one of those things. Um, where I'd said in my said over the next eight, over the eight it was an eighteenth month period I give myself was to do um, a to set up my own business, but do that and leave corporate next year. Already done it. B was to do a podcast with my mentor. Already done it. C was to collaborate with someone either like my mentor or someone like yourself in this space. And here you and I are now working together and the year's not even out yet. It's just, it's weird how the, it's weird how the universe actually works when you do that kind of stuff. You set the goals, you write them down, you, and, and it, it sets things in motion that you don't understand and can't explain. It's, it's cool. one of those things that like why I'm very vocal now on like goals and what I want, because if you put something out into the world, like you're creating that as like an energy and an entity in my mind, like that's a yeah. really thing because I've now said that to you and thousands of people who listen to this and now like that will happen from some random way. It will happen because I've, yeah, I've and it, and I put it out there. Yeah. And, and people hold you accountable now. Yeah. That's the other thing. You know, you, you make it public, you know, you don't, you don't want to make all, you don't necessarily want to make all your goals public. Um, but you know, if you, if you, as you say, if you put it out there to the world and the universe, people will start to hold you into account as well. You know, people now say to you, Charlie, how's your plans going for Christmas next year? <laughs> I will, <laughs> you know, so, you know, and that's, and I think that's really important as well that you, you get that support network and we can, oh my, there's a whole other podcast around support networks and things, but yeah, hundred percent right. I think 
And this is the time of year where people start really doing that is reflecting back on the year that they've just gone through and thinking about what they're going to do next year. And so I use this time of year as kind of drawing a line, a, a sort of draw a line in the sand and go, okay, I've done what I've done. I can't change that. It's happened. What haven't I finished off yet that I can do before the end of the year? Because it's not over. We've still got a couple of weeks left. It's not stopping. Um, and then what's, what goes, what gets pushed into next year? And then think bigger. Think bigger. Always think bigger. There's always more you can do. Always. And you don't realize it. You know, it's, it's oh, again, another whole podcast around time management. But, you know, it's, it's incredible if you, when you put your mind to something, how much you can actually do um, when, you really, when, you put, when you set yourself to task. Anyway, we have digressed away from Christmas massively, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of value in that, though, because it's yeah, totally. about closing off, I think, the end of the year, which is a very important topic. And I think, again, that's something that anyone who's listening, if you perhaps haven't achieved what you've wanted this year in your physique, your fitness, your business, yep. we reflect on why. And my question to you is what action are you going to take this year, like the end of this year, start of next year, which is going to make you change and keep you accountable. Like I've been accountable to you, Brad. I've said this to you and everyone on this podcast, what yep. I want to do next year and I will make it happen. Now, yep. maybe anyone out there who's not sure, uh, who's not achieving their goals, you need to make yourself accountable to someone else by either working with them maybe as a coach or saying to friends, this is what I want to do. And if they don't support you in what you want to do, find someone who will support you because yep. you need to be around like-minded, positive individuals, which is why you and me get on like a house on fire and a dream team. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's 100% right. You know, I think, and this is what I mean by sharing those goals with other people and being held into account. I think it's massively important because it's kind of, whilst we all want to be a bit self-motivated and self-driven, some, it's hard, man. You know, we will often say, and, and, and people listen to these podcasts, you know, think we make it sound really easy and they, and they see our lives on Instagram and social media of all the, all the results of what we've been doing. But what they don't see is the hard work behind the scenes. You know, they don't see, you know, the, that last drop set on a leg press where you're in absolute tears and all you want to do is get off and scream, but you well, keep going. Well, the fact that I was up at six this morning on a Sunday to go to the physio for seven o'clock, do you know what I mean? Like, or the fact that I was, up at, I was up at one o'clock in the morning doing your spreadsheets of your finances yeah. for you. you know, <laughs> people don't see that stuff going on and, they don't, and they, all they see on social media is the results of an us looking great and having great lives and you'll be skiing in Vail next winter and whatever, I'll be in Costa Rica in May and all this kind of stuff. But there's a hell of a lot of stuff that goes in behind that, behind the scenes. And the, but we, the, the thing that people need to realise is that we therefore understand what people go through in their own lives. You know, we're not superhuman. We're not any different. We're not super special or any more experience or uh, extra skill sets or anything. We're just normal people who have found something that we're passionate about and we want to share that passion with other people um, and let them reach their own goals. And as you say, whether that's a, a physique goal, a fitness goal, a business goal, a career goal, the principles all stay the same, um, you know, and we can help people do that. No, 100% agree, 100% agree. Um, we'll start to wrap that up then, Brad. So in terms of obviously self So much for 12 tips. I'll do part two next week. We yeah. rattled on a little bit, but... Um, Anyone who doesn't follow you at the moment, or everyone go and give Brad a follow. What's your uh, Instagram handle? Um, so my Instagram handle is at fitself underscore online um, is the best way to grab me. So fitself is my business, um, but the Instagram handle yeah, is at fitself underscore online. Uh, absolute pleasure with the podcast. And as always, guys, I'm giving away one free uh, coaching call with myself for anyone who leaves a five-star review. And the winner for this week is... Whoever the name goes by of the new dad bod who left a five-star review. Um, 
And I'm going to read out his review. It's pretty cool. An interesting perspective with lots of guest speakers from within the industry on a range of topics. As a newbie to this lifestyle, I find it incredibly beneficial and interesting, which again comes back to like our whole core value for myself and Brad and everyone I work with is to educate, inform and help inspire people to ultimately live and lead a better life. So uh, thank you, the new dad bod for the review. So if you drop me a message, we'll arrange a discovery call. And then for anyone else, uh, if you leave a five-star review, I'll pick one person at random next week uh, to win the next call. So pleasure, Brad. Thank you very much. And I'm sure everyone will take a ton of value from that. Yeah, cheers, buddy. Thank you very much for having me. And um, have a Merry Christmas, my friend. You too, you too.